Welcome to the third episode of the Hali Hewa podcast with your host Abigail Kima. This podcast brings together key African players in the climate space to simply share their stories and experiences while they advocate for environmental justice and climate justice. On this episode today, we have a wonderful guest. Her name is Cindy Kobe. Um, I will read her bio. Miss Cindy Kobe is a feminist and human rights activist. She hails from the Ogiek indigenous community of the Mau Forest in Kenya. She has a background in law and indigenous people's rights. She's a recent law graduate from Jomo Kenyatta University of Agriculture and Technology and was a 2020 participant at the Global Leadership School for Indigenous Women by FEMI. She's currently pursuing a postgraduate in law at Kenya School of Law to become an advocate of the High Court of Kenya. She's also the chair of the TIRAP Youth Trust. TIRAP means safe haven, uh, formerly known as Ogiek Youth Council, where she has been actively promoting the rights of indigenous peoples, youth and girls in Kenya. Welcome to the Halihewa podcast, Cindy. Thank you. Um, so kindly tell us more about what you do and the inspiration behind it. And thank you so much, Abigail, for having me today. It's an honor to be uh, the third guest and during for the Halihewa podcast. And um, um, as you said, my name is Cindy Kobe, and I'm an Indigenous person, an Indigenous woman. And I come, um, I, I live in the Mau Forest. Uh, we are uh, Mau Forest is our ancestral land, and I'm also the chair of the Therapeut Trust, which was formerly known as um, Ogek Youth Council. Uh, the the Rapid Trust is an organization made up of of um, Ogiek professionals from the Ogiek community, and we not only work with professionals but with also other um, people who are still in school, the school going girls, the school going young young men and women, and um, we we work together and we formed the Ogiek Youth Council, which is now known as Rapid Trust in 20, in December 2019, mm -hmm. where we officially had a working session to decide why we are forming this. Why why is it important to form the Ogiek Youth Council back then, mm -hmm. and um, and that is how we came up with the with the organization. So it is a team effort with uh, all, with all um, Ogiek members of uh, Ogiek community members from all um, all counties, all the five counties. The Ogio community is in five counties. We are in Nar we are in Kericho, we are in uh, Narok, we are in Nakuru, uh, Baringo, not Baringo, sorry, but Wasingishu and Nandi. So we have representatives from all these counties, and um, our 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 strategic pillars and or or, or rather the thematic areas include uh, gender and youth empowerment. We also work around climate justice, and we also work um, around. Um, creating awareness on rights of indigenous peoples in general. And um, the inspiration behind it, behind everything that I do, is because uh, since I was born, um, I have grown in an environment that is very green. I have grown to see um, my, my parents plant trees in the, in, the, in, the, in the compound in our home. And I've also seen my grandmother transferring this indigenous knowledge from her generation to my generation. That is the reason. The reason why I do all this is because I want to live the same life that my grandmother lived. She lived in a planet that is very clean. In um, it's peaceful. We used to eat. She used to eat very healthy food, um, and she used to um, live in harmony with nature. So I I want to continue living in harmony with nature. Mm -hmm. That is the inspiration behind it. 
Oh, wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. And you have mentioned that Mau Forest is your ancestral land. And uh, even in geography, when we were growing up and studying all about it, we did study about the Oge community and the fact that you've always lived in harmony with nature because you understand the importance of the protection of environment and nature in general. And like any other indigenous community in the world, I know there are challenges such as land ownership, um, mm. evictions, and mm. also depletion of natural resources, which I know your community solely depends on yeah. uh, for income and mm. for just living in general. So what was it like growing up in Mao and what would you say is the situation at hand in terms of human rights at the moment in Mao Forest and also the climate crisis? How is it affectly, directly affecting your community? Uh, well, the Oge community are victims of historical land injustices. They have been constantly evicted from their lands for 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 as long as I've been alive, mm-hmm. since I was born. I've been seeing the community being evicted out of their lands, their properties being destroyed. I've seen a lot of lives lost for the for over twenty years now. Mm-hmm. So this this means that it it happened even before I was born. So um, life in Mao right now is not the same as it used to be. If I, would, if I would take um, take a step back to maybe 2010, mm-hmm. there was a lot of um, there was a lot of peace. Uh, there was life was better in, in the past. Uh, we used to be able to um, have land that is ours now. For now, we call ourselves we are we are squatters in our own land. Mm-hmm. We are being evicted from. The homes that we have known as homes, mm-hmm. where um, where my grandmother used to live, um, and I have a very good example with my um, cousin. Mm-hmm. My cousin lives in the Masai Mau, the Masai Mau, the side of Masai Mau, which is in Narrow County, yeah. and uh, my my auntie and the entire family they were evicted from this land. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I am con- I am talking about land is because land rights and climate action are very interlinked. Yeah. When you when you uh, when you secure the land rights of indigenous peoples, you you you're securing the climate uh, the climate solutions for the entire planet because sure. all these solutions are found in nature. All these solutions are are nature based or um, or rather they're locally the, the 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 solutions that are called locally led solutions are actually the indigenous solutions mm-hmm. because um, they are found. The people think they they um, identify a problem. They find a solution, and this solution they don't. Not someone. Someone else is not telling them that this is a solution. Mm-hmm. So, uh, just going back to my to the story of my auntie, uh, she has been evicted from from her home. She used to. She has lived there since for as long as I can remember. And now she's living in a small piece of land with no. She can't even uh, farm. She can't do anything for her family. That that's the current situation. And with regards to human rights, there's a, there has been a lot of human rights violation. Human rights violation because lives have been lost. There ha, there has been a lot of intimidation. There has a lot. There has been a lot of um, of accusations, telling uh, accusations from other people saying that the uh, Ogeka are the people who are who are uh, destroying the land. Mm-hmm. And that is not actually the case. We've yeah. been living there. Yeah. So why would we destroy some a home that we've been living there for so many years? And also something else is um, what people don't understand when it comes to securing indigenous land rights is that we don't want to live in the forest. Mm-hmm. 
we want to live in the homes that we have known as homes mm-hmm. since the beginning because uh, obviously we can't we can't go and cut trees because if it's living in the forest you can't go and cut trees and live there mm-hmm. but we want to continue living in these other places and um um on the topic of climate crisis um we are we are traditional hunters and gatherers but we no longer practice that we have adapted to new ways of living um farming we are now farmers we now um even we are even business people nowadays because of the current situation and we don't have some of the the foods the, the traditional foods that we used to eat and no longer there we are now dependent on on um for lack of a better word the white solutions because we don't have the natural resources in our lands we don't have access we don't have access to water we don't have access to food we we lack um and this has we we lack um when it comes to food and water we don't have money there's a lot of poverty as a result and this 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 especially affects girls and young women they end up being married off um at a very young age they end up being pregnant at a very young age and they end up uh, dropping out of school because their parents can't afford taking them to school and also something else is that uh, since we are squatters in our own land there are no schools around we have to travel girls have to travel for long distances uh, they have to travel for long distances to go to school they have to travel for long distances to go to hospital they have to travel for long distances to access any form of social services so those are some of the effects that climate change has had on us and we have also lost our identity as as a result of all this because our identity is in nature our identity identity is on our lands and our identities are are on everything that is around us so we're slowly losing our identity our culture our languages mm-hmm. and everything in between yeah yeah i mean that is such a sad state of affairs because you talked about um having to diversify into agriculture since you're traditionally hunters and gatherers yeah. but then again agriculture on what land which exactly. is also being taken away from you yeah uh, which is which is quite sad if I, if i can say that and i guess for most of us even here in kenya we don't realize just how important this sense of community or identity is for you mm-hmm. because we'll see on the news oh more evictions again yeah. and all of us think there's something political behind it mm-hmm. but really don't get to see members of the community who are being directly affected by it because i know there's an encroachment into the forest where people want to practice agriculture and stuff like that but what is different from your community is that you've been there Yeah. like that is your home so there's you're not really encroaching but you're just living in your premises and i feel like there's a lot of external forces that is also putting pressure on your community and you end up being the i don't know what to call it like you end up suffering at the end of the day yeah. um and i remember when we interacted before you talked about um climate education in your mm-hmm. community mm-hmm. and i know a big percentage of us even within Kenya are not aware of exactly what is happening and you did mention something interesting about border border riders mm-hmm. uh, that is motorcycle um using rather having music that speaks on climate change mm-hmm. while they ferry people around so tell us more about that how you compose the music and how it gets to people 
Well, um, this this was a very interesting idea that we, we discussed with some of my colleagues of the Therapeutic Trust. And uh, we decided that um, we need to have a language that speaks to the people. And we need to find, um, we, need to, we need to draft the language because we are we're also losing the Ogek language. Mm-hmm. So uh, we decided that we need to produce a song, compose and produce a song from, by the, by the, by the Ogek youth to the Ogek people. And uh, I, I will leave the video link. So I can oh, you could it. sing. I, I, <laughs> I could sing it, but uh, I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to sing today. It's okay. Yeah, it's I'm not okay. quite a singer, but mm. I will sing that. I will leave the video with you so I can leave it at the somewhere. Okay, sure thing. And um, this song is about the forest. This is a song about the indigenous trees in the in the Mao forest. This song is about how what the forest means to us, what uh, what it brings us, our home, the importance of protecting the forest, the importance of not cutting trees. And it's it's written in the in purely Ogik language because the Ogik language is slowly is slowly getting lost, as I had mentioned, mm-hmm. and it's getting lost in terms of it being it be, it's being mixed with other languages like Kalenjin oh, and yeah. Maasai because we are neighbors. Mm-hmm. So um, it is purely in that language, and we have uploaded it on YouTube and we have disseminated it on our social media platforms for the for the general public. And we have also, uh, when it comes to the local, locally, we have also, we we had, we launched the song at the local co- community radio station called Sogot FM. Mm-hmm. Sogot FM is based in Marioshoni. Marioshoni is in um, Joro, which is in Mao. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's in Mao, basically. Yeah. And we launched the song in the local co- radio station and we, for, for them to play the music when they are hosting their radio shows. And you have also disseminated it to the to the Boda Boda riders because Boda Boda riders uh, it's the local means of transport transportation there. There's just one uh, very there's there's literally no matter to in in Nesuit or Marioshoni. Nesuit or Marioshoni are locations in Noxus areas mm-hmm. next to Mao. Yeah, so we have disseminated them to the local to the Boda Boda riders that you you, you know the. For a person who has worked with communities, I know the impact that that Boda Boda Riders radios has on people. Because yeah. when you when the Boda Boda is passing, just somewhere you, you can listen to the song. Yeah. When it's fitting someone, you can also listen to the song. So that is how we have done it, and we will continue disseminating it. And we the the song has um, the song that is on YouTube. It has subtitles, so anyone can understand what is being sung. Oh, great! Yeah, and it was also sung by a lady. Um, from from the community. Ah, great. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, I hope this translation so we can all get to listen to it and you've answered that. Yeah. And I think this is something that we can also replicate in our communities. Mm-hmm. I know particularly Kenya has over 42 tribes and yeah. people relate more to something that is close to them or rather relate to what is within their community and we know a lot of the climate change impacts are in the rural area Mm -hmm. and it's very hard for us to have conversations in English or Swahili and people who are at the forefront of the impacts of climate change don't even understand what we are saying. So I genuinely think this is something we can replicate within our communities and thank you for sharing that.
And you can also translate all these languages into the into your local language. Oh yeah, yeah, mm. absolutely. Yeah. So we can use that and translate it to our languages yeah. as well. Okay, okay, great. Um, so for the longest time, um, indigenous people have been seen as victims rather than agents of environmental protection and conservation of mm-hmm. nature, like you said. And you mentioned before that you have traditional knowledge that has been passed down from your grandmother to your to your mother and then to you mm-hmm. so i believe that is because of your very close knit uh, culture yeah and the reality is that you guys possess great or rather vast traditional knowledge on creating solutions for climate change and you know protection of nature in general but then there is a problem because there's no integration integration of technology and that traditional knowledge mm-hmm. and um at cop 26 i did see you make an address um i think representing the indigenous communities globally mm-hmm. and so at cop 26 what was it like for you being among other indigenous communities from across the, across the globe being that you're also different but also have similar issues and similar messages that you're trying to push for what was that like for you well um cop 26 was my first time at a cop meeting me too yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i remember and um it was it was quite an amazing experience uh, because we are meeting with other indigenous people from various parts of the of the world Mm-hmm. and we are harmonizing our message into one message because we are not really different we just we come from different parts of the world that's the only difference that we yeah. have but we all face the same challenges we are all uh, being discriminated we are all being um especially indigenous communities from africa we are all being evicted from our lands mm-hmm. we are still not recognized in our territories in our lands and and um and territories for other for the other people who are coming from um, Brazil, the America, uh, the United States of America. So we are all the same, we are harmonizing our message. And it was, it was, um, it showed, COP26, COP26 showed that the indigenous peoples are working together. They are working in solidarity because there's always power in numbers, there's power in in ensuring that we are harmonizing all our all our issues into one main message and um me presenting at cop 26 just showed that uh, indigenous people are, are 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 they have a space the space has been made for them and they are actually using the space mm-hmm. so it was i was actually surprised that indigenous people were, were being given an opportunity to speak at the high level segments and mm-hmm. it was a, a great honor to be part of this and um i look forward to seeing indigenous people shining and leading this conversation because they are not they are not only victims but they are leading they are leading the change mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean thank you for sharing that um i remember at cop uh at the entrance those always a community mm-hmm. uh singing or doing something and you could feel it while you enter cop and i feel like This is also a chance to also have your stories out there like really share your experiences to the world and make them understand exactly what is happening to you and also sharing that traditional knowledge of the solutions that we could possibly have in combating climate change. Yeah. Um so with the kind of work that you do with Tirap Youth Trust and the rest of your work um what kind of support would you say you need to to you know 
take your work further or create a more impactful or rather be more impactful to be more impactful we need more financing mm-hmm. for, for therapy trust and not only for therapy trust but there are very many community based organizations very many community um based and led organizations which are doing a great work at the ground level but they do not have the finances to 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 amplify their work and mm-hmm. to work with other organizations or to work with other people and to build a capacity on how to improve their work and to also um spread the message of the great the great work that they are doing so they need financing they need a platform they need um mentoring they need um other other people to join them because you can't work alone honestly yeah. you need a lot of people you need a network as mm-hmm. a very not not only a network but a very strong network that supports the work that you're doing that um builds that mentors the work you're doing that acknowledges the work that you're doing mm-hmm. and ensures that you are not only um just doing the work but you're impactful so we ha- we need all the, all the, all that kind of support to ensure that we remain impactful and we reach more people yeah because at, at the moment we are now we're only working in in the three in the counties that are inhabited by the Ogi community and we we wish to work with other indigenous communities like the Maasai of Tanzania or like the Sengwer the Yaku we also have the Vendoroys community we are we who are also facing the same challenges but we are unable to to coordinate or work together so those are, those are some of the support that we need great so how can people reach you and Do you have a website is oh, yeah. there a way that people can reach you and you know offer that kind of support Yeah we have a website it's therapyyouth.org mm-hmm. and we also have um social media platforms we are we are we are active on Twitter we also have a Facebook page and we also have a YouTube channel mm-hmm. all uh, therapy youth trust or the Ogik youth council Great. I'll be yeah. sure to link that on the podcast platform. Yeah, please do. Uh, great. So um, we are moving to the very final segment of the podcast, which is the call to action for COP27. So the world is obviously looking at Egypt to deliver solutions for climate change this year. And um, earlier on, I had a guest who said everyone is calling the COP in Egypt and African COP and her definition was it's not that COP is just happening in Africa but it should be a COP that will have the priorities of the African people represented and acted upon so as Cindy and as a representative of other indigenous communities what would you say are your expectations out of COP27 what would you like to see delivered come November okay. in Egypt um Well, I had you say that uh, it's going to be an African COP, but I had someone else, I didn't say it, but I had someone else say that it's not actually an Afri- African COP, COP mm-hmm. but it's a European COP happening in Africa. In Africa. Mm-hmm. Have you had the same thing? Yeah, I've had that. Yeah. And um, I think we, the only way we can prove this is um, in November. November is going to confirm if, if it is truly an African COP mm-hmm. or a European COP in Africa. Okay, okay, yeah. interesting. But 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 also um something else is that Africans should also lead, lead the COP27 negotiations. Absolutely. They should ensure that uh, they're on top on top of the game. They are they 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 should ensure that they're on top of everything. So um 
the priorities for African indigenous communities is that we we don't want just stories. We don't want statements. We don't want we the, we acknowledge the statements, but the statements are not as strong if there is no action. Sure. So it is time for action. It is time to act now. It is time to commit to all the to actually do what you said you will do in COP26. Mm-hmm. If you said you're going to give um 100 billion to indigenous people, have you what is the progress? Yeah. Have you given any indigenous uh, community or any indigenous organization the 100 million? Mm-hmm. So we want to see um we don't, we want to see progress of COP26 commitments. We want to see uh things on the ground actually happening. We we don't uh, because I noticed that as soon as COP26 ended, we are now planning for COP27. Yeah. Like almost a month after, we are not even looking at implementing. Yeah, processing things, what happened. Mm-hmm. Things from COP twenty six. Then that shouldn't be the case. So, for indigenous communities, we want to, um, we want COP twenty six commitments implemented. We want to see action on the ground. Mm-hmm. We, we are tired of stories. Honestly, we 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 can't keep hearing. Oh, um, we're going to do this for indigenous people. We're going to ensure that indigenous people are leading. Are leading uh, the the climate crisis, and they're not only uh, victims, but also leading, leading, and creating le- leading, solutions, and creating solutions mm-hmm. for this. Yeah. So, um, I would say that the, the, that is my call for COP twenty seven. Stop uh, just saying we're going to do this and actually do it. And 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 to that, uh, to add to that, we want to. See, I w- I want to see that. Um, that land rights for indigenous people are actually secured because as i said when you secure land rights you're securing the climate solutions mm-hmm. for the planet yeah and these solutions will not only benefit um indigenous people but also everyone, everyone else. else yeah Great. Um, thank you so much for sharing that. And we have come to the end of this episode. Thank you so much for joining us today and see you on the next episode. Mm-hmm.